Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of the UFC, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing? Good. Good. You always get me on a you know good note, little giggles. Um, appreciate it, and um, I'm sure those lifelong UFC people appreciate it uh, very much too. They they. So they have extra love for you. Um, first of all, first of all, that's is that how they say it in Boston? First of all, go get the car. <laughs> first of all, good luck tonight. You know, uh, you got the big game. Oh, it's a big it's one. It's a big one. I, I, I'm worried about your beautiful children, not you, because... God forbid they're rooting for the Bills tonight. I'm worried they're not going to have dinner. I mean, that's how crazy you are. So I, I just, I don't know. Please I, let, I them, told let, them them the Titans, let them have dinner. I told them during the Titans game, guys, you can cheer for Tennessee, but you cannot cheer against me when we're playing when they're playing the Patriots. All clowning out the window, <laughs> or I'm going to throw yeah, you but out the window. They're <laughs> tough kids, like their father. They're determined. I mean, that's what got you uh, to win these marathons: <laughs> determination, and um. They're determined, so I'm just worried that one of them is gonna throw in just a little, a little rounder, uh, you know, something like uh, circle the wagons. The bills are coming, you know, some, <laughs> some something <laughs> like know, that. And they, you and, know, what's funny is they're, they're not gonna get dinner. They're all so different, and the baby, he's like a little butt kisser, you know. He, but he gets it, you know. He's like. <laughs> Dad, that was a great throw. Dad, that was great. And the older kids will be like, Dad, he's just being a suck up. He's being a butt kisser. And I was like, Yeah, take a lesson, dude. When people are nice to me, I like them. So guess what? He's my best boy. He's my number one favorite son. And then they all look at me like I'm crazy. And then you say, Have a little extra dessert, buddy. You know, <laughs> while, while they just yeah, watch. While they watch. Oh, of course, it drives them crazy. Well, they- <laughs> It drives them crazy. There's never uh, a dull listen, moment. Listen, the, the Patriots are back. I mean, it's it's official. It's uh, it's official. Oh, and uh, what do they want? Six in a row, and now tonight, basically, they're playing. F- yeah, yeah. It's tonight's the big one. The big it's, one. It's, it's really, uh, it really is. Before we get going, I want to, uh, and I know you want to join me uh, to say good luck and congratulations to our friend and our producer, Rob Moore who's getting married this weekend. And um, uh, my wedding gift is going to be not to send him tweets during his, <laughs> 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 during his wedding. That's, that's, my, that's, that's my personal gift. He's gonna be he's gonna be reading his vows and be like, guys, I gotta step out for a minute. Teddy's just sent me a text on a Lomachenko fight. I'm sorry, I've got to get this up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna refrain um, because of my love uh, for Rob. And so best of luck, best of luck. Uh, is the the two of them yeah, make of a beautiful course. couple, and um, this young guy, these two old geezers, are looking <laughs> <laughs> looking back. The amount of times, Teddy, that I've been out and people have said to me, "Is Rob my son?" I was oh, literally wow. like, 
I want to punch you in your face, buddy. Do I look like I'm old enough to have a 30-year-old son? What the hell? I'm like, you just ruined my day, literally. I told the waiter one time, I'm like, thanks a lot, buddy. You just ruined my day and your tip. You think that this is my son? Get out of here. This is my twin brother. They shouldn't do that because (laughs) they don't realize how deep it really does go because then you go out and run an extra 20 miles like after dinner. I know, I know. 100%. I get it. I get it. I know know my man. I know my man. (laughs) Well, congratulations to Rob. We're excited for you. Yes, Welcome sir. to the club. Yes, sir. Well, let's get to the fights. Hey, guys. Happy to say that today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. If you're struggling with your mood or if there's something mentally that's keeping you from achieving your goals, be sure to check out BetterHelp to improve your mental health game. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I want to stress that this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online in the privacy of your own home. Once you're set up with BetterHelp, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you would with traditional therapy. BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, wants you to start living a happier life today. Check them out at BetterHelp.com slash Atlas to get 10% off your first month. Join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Atlas for 10% off your first month. Let's jump right in with uh, the young Devin Haney, the young and handsome Devin Haney. He put it on Jojo Diaz. I thought he might be able to stop Jojo Diaz, but Jojo Diaz is as tough as they come. He was there all night. Um, I thought it was a good fight, very entertaining. Like I said, Jojo Diaz never disappoints. He's he's as tough as you can get. You know when they were interviewing him after the fight, you know who I couldn't help think of? Uh, Johnny Tapia. Just like when Johnny Tapia showed up, it was like Tasmanian devil. You know what you're going to get. He might not be sober, but he's coming in like a tornado. Um, and Jojo yeah, Diaz. The poor, the poor guy, the the poor guy was haunted, uh, Tapia. You know, I, I almost get haunted. tears when I think about him. He was a haunted. great fighter, and he was haunted. The poor man, he, he his demons just, uh, they never completely left him. If you read the book about, someone wrote a book about Johnny Tapia, and I apologies to the author. I should, I, if I had it handy, I'd show it to you. It's a short book, but oh my God, when you, the guy, this guy had nine lives. The things that he did and those demons, they'd control him. When he wasn't in fight camp, like he could disappear for weeks at a time on just benders, like just a crazy man. But man, he was good. When he was focused, he was as tough as you could, you, it's as tough as a person can be. Yeah, I guess when you witness, uh, as a young, young kid, I mean, I don't know if I have every fact, but I'm close enough, unfortunately. Um, when you witness your mother being raped and murdered um, in front of you as a young kid, uh, I mean, you know, you talk about never recovering from something and you talk about being damaged. That's That's what... That's as damaging as anything you could ever dream. You wouldn't want to dream it. Who would want to even think of such horrors being done to somebody in front of a child? So the the kid, you know, he flew to New York yep. once. That's why I feel the way I feel. He flew to New York with his wife, you, you know, obviously years ago to get me to train him. 
and he flew all the, the wife Teresa yeah, was his manager. Yeah. yeah, flew all the way. She was a saint. Yeah, flew all the way in um, to see if I would if if I would begin training him. And obviously, he was already a champion. Uh, I think bantamweight, but uh, what a. I liked him. He had a great heart. I mean, I don't mean in a ring. Yeah. I mean, he had a great heart in a ring. Don't know. He really I know had what you a mean. good heart sweet for people. Person. He really did. He was a sweetheart. He was just, uh, he was haunted. Anyway, God bless him. Very God much bless so. Him. I, I hope he's up there and found his peace. Yeah, I agree. So how'd you like, uh, how'd you like the Diaz-Haney fight? Uh, to your point about not getting, not being to stop Diaz, Haney's not a dynamite puncher. <laughs> he's, but- nope. He's a classical boxer. I mean, he looks pretty. I mean, he does everything the way, like boxing one-on-one. He's a guy that, if he was an artist, he paints by the numbers. I mean, he, he does yep. everything pretty much right. His his couple of flaws is he'll drop his hands. He'll, sometimes he'll expose himself when he throws the uppercut. And the uppercut is very sharp. He's sharp. He's a sharpshooter. <laughs> and the, the uppercut can be very effective. And it was with those. Smaller Diaz reaching, leaning in a little bit, but um, he exposed himself. He'd drop it to throw it. He'd drop the right hand to throw it, and he'd drop his left hand as he throws it. So he, he gives you two opportunities to either fill the hole on on your left side, his right side, when he drops the right hand, hit him a hook, or he gives you an opportunity on the other side to catch him when he's dropping his left hand as he drops his right hand. And it cost him a little too much time, a millisecond too long. You know, time is important in boxing and anything in life. But just a split second, instead of landing, you get caught or you miss. And when he, he did that, you got a chance to time him. And he got timed a couple of times, just not enough. Not enough. That's what I was going to say is that's that's the one thing, even in the last fight with Linares, he gets touched to the point where he's been rattled a couple times, my fear for him is if I'm just looking at him as a prospect, it's like if he gets hit by the wrong guy, he's not going to just be wobbled. He's going to be down. Yeah, a guy like Tank Davis maybe. But um, And we'll talk about that fight yep. later. But uh, you're right. Matter of fact, I'll take it a little further. All his fights, at a, obviously it's got to be at a, at a good level. But all his fights at a decent level, at a good level, he always, before the night's over, he gets dinged before the night's over, kind of like the heavyweight from London, Dillian White. You know, uh, he's going to be in the mix, and he's a guy that he can look good. He's a big guy. He's pretty athletic. You know, he and he can punch, and he'll go all night. And then before the last bell rings, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get caught something clean he don't see, and he gets hurt, and he gets hurt badly, and then he survives because it's at the end of the round, except for one night against a 40-year-old Povetkin after he had Povetkin on the floor in their first fight, not the rematch. Yeah. He, he had him on the floor a couple times, and sure enough, again, before he gets through the night, he gets caught. This time he gets caught, he gets put to sleep. And But that's his track record. I didn't have to wait to the Povetkin fight to know that that's his that's the one thing that has to be corrected with that guy is to not get not to get caught a clean shot you don't see almost every time unless you're in there with you know with a guy way below your level okay maybe it doesn't happen then but otherwise i've seen it happen with him regular and the same thing with haney ken where 
they got to correct that, that before the night's over, you know, they have leakage. You know, it's, you know, it's like having uh, flooding in your basement. Like, you know, every time it rains, you get water. You don't want to get water. You don't want to get water. You don't want what? Find where it's coming from and clog it. <laughs> and that's how I look at boxing. If I'm the trainer, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm going to look where the leaks come from. <laughs> because every time it rains, we get water. I don't want water. We got to correct this. So that's the one thing I say about Haney is that there's always a moment. And you want to get rid of that moment. Now, the good news, he survives it. He doesn't have a, listen, he doesn't have the rock of Gibraltar chin. But he doesn't have a bad one. But he doesn't have the rock of Gibraltar. But he has the heart of Gibraltar. For sure. That That's what he does. That's what he does have. That's what he does have. See, we don't lie here. We don't say, oh, Teddy, you should have said, why? I didn't understand that. That's gibberish. Um, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm saying the truth. He doesn't have to rock his Gibraltar. I'm not knocking his chin. I'm just making comparisons and relativeness uh, to other chins. But he does have the great heart to get some true things. And, you know, again, you had, you had a fight where how do I say this nicely and and it's it's not a bad thing anyway but you have a fight that's a little bit of an optical illusion a little bit of a mirage where you're putting on a fight and you say okay we're putting on great fights it was a good fight because there was a couple moments a couple flare-ups but it wasn't a great fight because it was still one-sided. There was only one guy. And from the beginning, now people are going to get twisted over this, maybe a tiny bit. It's again, it's one of those optical illusions, kind of like when they put Canelo with Plant, Canelo with, with Saunders. There was always going to be one guy who was going to win, Ken. Like I always said, they yeah, the guy's got a belt. Yeah, he's undefeated. So yeah, you're going to talk yourself. Somebody out there is going to talk themselves. Hopefully, it's not the guys in the underwear in the basement. But somewhere out there, somebody's going to talk himself into saying, oh, no, no, no. This uh, plant's going to put one on him. He's going to box his ears off. Santa's going uh, to, you know, ballerine around him, you know, and, and make him feel like he was in a tango. Uh, and, and, you know, he was in a, a dance that... Uh, he lost his partner in the middle of the dance. Somebody took the dance partner from him. Yeah, no. Again, that's an optical illusion for a reason. I'll tell you one thing, though. I felt the same way I felt about Saunders and Plant. And, I, and I, I, in hindsight, I look a fool. But I would have thought the same thing about George Cambosos. And he shocked the crap out of me and probably a lot of other people because I thought it was the same thing. I said, what a good illusion. They're bringing this kid over from Australia. They're going to smash him at the garden. I really thought, not a chance. Yeah, but there's intangibles there. First of all, yep. I think it's fair to say now, maybe it's easier to say being a Monday morning quarterback or, or being a detective after you find the guy's shot and you turn around and you say, this guy's dead. Really, detective? <laughs> oh, Tell me something <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little, a little bit more difficult to tell, uh, Colombo. Uh, you know, <laughs> I I think there's different factors there because Cambosis, first of all, here, a couple things. 
when you make that analogy, and I, I get it, and it was good to bring up, but when you make that analogy, first of all, Canelo, Lopez is not Canelo, so that's number one. 100%. That's I number agree. one, and that is dependable, that, that he's going to be consistently at a certain, because he just won. <laughs> we didn't know. This was our first look of coming out that's of the game. That's right. Definitely, definitely not apples to apples. Yeah. I agree, but there's things that you're gonna see that I think I represent most fans when I say that. I know you're gonna have a different view, but that's how I was like, oh, they're gonna. And smash that's what him. makes for good conversation with us that you take the fans' perspective. Yeah. And the other thing is, not only is he's not Canelo, but Cambosis was, and I'm trying to be really fair saying this, but. Cambosis was more kind of like the college football teams early in the year when you could bet on a dog and you could make money because the people don't know yep. those teams. They don't know them. You yeah. know, for, and this team happened to be from Australia. So uh, early right. in the year, you could bet these teams. Nobody knows uh, Valley Forge State or whatever. The, or Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati, to be honest. Very good. But, but so... You could, if you know them, if you're one of those guys that studied them, that saw them, you could be ahead of the crowd. And you say, no, no, I know this guy, this, this team's good. Well, same thing with Cambosis. We didn't really know him. A lot of people didn't know him. He was, yeah. he was better in, in, in ways than Plant and Saunders was in what was relative to the opponent he was fighting because he yes. had what it took. The, the other guys didn't have what it took to beat Canelo. And Canelo being, of course, a different, again, uh, you're talking about a whole different situation from a Lopez. Of course. But, so there's different factors there. But it is the network and the promoter, obviously they're tied at the hip. And they come up with these guys like, like a Diaz. Again, they got to be guys within the realm that they control, within the realm that, you know, if they lose, they have an option or the, that they're not giving that guy away. They're not losing one of their golden gooses. Um, so they're not going to go across the street too often and give you the fight you might want. So they give you a Jojo Diaz, just like they, uh, you know, they give you the Saunders, they give you the plants, but those were title unification, so a little different. But So they give you a Saunders. Now, nothing away from Saunders. Good, solid guy. Good, solid guy. But he's not, he's not winning in that fight. And, and yet, yeah he, he, yeah, he buzzed him twice in a fight. Uh, once in the 12th round, the last round. Yeah, yeah he, he, he buzzed him a little bit. But at the end of the day, he, he didn't have the firepower uh, to do more than buzz him. And that's why he's not winning a fight. He, he's not, you know, Davis, hey, either guy could win a fight. But it wasn't one of those fights. You know, you, you put him in with Cambosis. That would be very interesting. Why? Because Cambosis has the ability to time him in the area I just said when he throws that uppercut and he exposed. Cambosis can time him and won't be hesitant to do that. Has the ability to do that. He also has the ability to close the gap really quick because one of the flaws of Haney sometimes is you can catch him going back. So Cambosis has a chance to do that and catch him in the other situation I just spoke on. So 
I'm not saying that at the end of the day, people aren't happy with the fight. I was happy with it because you did have, it's kind of like a movie. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but those two spots of intrigue, those two spots of drama, those two scenes that, that popped up in the movie, it made the movie worthwhile. It made the movie worthwhile, even though you know it didn't have yet the edge of the seat for the whole two hours, but it made it worthwhile. Well, those couple spots, those couple scenes that I just talked about made it worthwhile. But at the end of the day, still an optical illusion, guys, because when they made it, they kind of knew they were making a safe fight for their guy. It's still an A versus a B. You know, it's it's not you know it's it's not somebody getting mugged. Where why'd you even put this damn thing on? <laughs> but it's still a guy that because of the styles, only one guy is really gonna win. I don't want to say ten out of ten, but you know what? I can't say nine out of ten. I'm gonna say probably ten out of ten, even though he buzzed him. I get it. I get it. But anyway, at the end of the day. It was a it was a nice fight. It was a good fight. Uh, I think that Haney's at the same place that I put Canelo and those other guys. I want to see him fight the top guys. I'm not interested anymore at fighting his second tier, you know. And and I'm not knocking Diaz. I have to say it again because he's a solid, solid guy. He really is. And I admire him, appreciate him, but I I don't want to see I want to see Haney now, either with you know one of those guys, whether it's Davis, Cambosis. Sounds like it's going to be Cambosis over in Australia. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> There's so much that goes into fighting halfway around the world, and and uh, you know, listen, I've said this before on the show, but I think that people underestimate and don't appreciate how far of a time difference that is. I would argue that for every hour of time difference you travel for a major event outside of one or two hours, you need a day per hour to properly to properly properly acclimate to the local environment get your diet right get your circadian rhythm in place sleep is so i think that there's so many things that people underappreciate getting on a right sleep rhythm getting into the right sleep pattern like for a title fight if it's me i'm there a month before it this is like life-changing fight and george knows that and george did the right thing to get ready for his fight here and i think that he's going to catch someone slipping if they don't appreciate how significant just the time change is so and look we're obviously we've had george on the show i'm a huge fan i hope he continues to win but to your point teddy i'm sick of seeing the um Tank and Devin Haney and these guys fight that like I'm ready for them to fight each other like how many fights are these guys gonna have before we match them up it's like the welterweights like get Spence and get Spence and um, Crawford in there get Tank in there with Devin Haney Ryan Garcia like I don't think anyone wants to see Regis Progray at any weight I, I, I I'm biased I think Regis is unbelievably good he, he lost a close one with Josh Taylor but I don't I, like that poor guy like no one wants to get in with Regis he can't get a fight he can't get arrested right now but like 
Tank's got everything going for him, and they're talking about a rematch with Cruz. I can, I mean, I, I get that they want to have a rematch because I think Tank was injured. We're He's a guy that, that probably fight, wins but, ten but, out of ten too, to be honest, because that that style, oh, that, oh, style in that rematch, yeah, that style matchup, that, that style matchup is always made to order for. Tank Davis, that style, and I take nothing away from yeah. Cruz, the young kid. I mean, we'll talk about Cruz surprise. We'll talk about I, that. I think later. Yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah. anyway, good good win for Devin Haney. Nice to see him. The go. one other thing I want to point about that fight is sometimes there's variables, um, and there are X factors. There was a little X factor in that fight, a little bit. Um, I, I mean, you saw it, but they uh, didn't talk about it much. Haney was late getting ready. I don't know if people noticed that on their own to understand what happened there. But Haney, <laughs> Diaz was ready to go. And he was gloved. And he was warmed up. He had to sit down and wait because Haney wasn't ready. Haney was just starting to stretch. And it was probably a delay of about 20 minutes that... You know, the the commentators, you know, had to do what you're told to do by the producer. I've been in that situation <laughs> where you gotta you gotta kill time. And they did. But he was by not being ready, it it changed things a little. I'm not saying that's why Diaz lost. I said he was gonna he wasn't gonna win that fight if, you know, anyway, I didn't think. But he lost the first three rounds. Now, again, I'm not saying this is the cause of it. It didn't help his cause that he had to get warm and then sit down and get cold again waiting for Haney. It didn't help him get out of the gate fast. It, it didn't, and nobody's really going to bring that point up. But I want to bring it up because that was a little X factor. Was it a small X, not a large X? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's still an X. And um, and when I was talking about earlier about Haney always gets dinged before it's over, like he did with Linares. Same thing. You know, he got dinged. And again, he wasn't going to lose that fight either. People could have said, Teddy, he could have knocked him out. No, because Linares isn't quite decent punch. He dropped Lomachenko. I get it. But he's not a hydrogen bomb puncher he's not that guy and and he's not a great finisher um you know he hits you a single shot and then reload so all those things are factors in there um at the at the end of the day to finish up on the analysis of the fight <laughs> diaz's speed wasn't going to match haney's so he needed his experience, which he used. He used. I give him credit. And he needed timing. He needed timing. And as long as he was going to go tit for tat, like you punch, then I punch, he was going to come in second, he being, Haney, uh, being uh, Diaz. What he had to do to catch Haney the right way was to punch with him. You know, not after him. I mean, that's what happens when you got a guy who's that much faster. And that's the one thing he didn't do enough of. And that's one of the reasons he came in, you know, second. Um, he had he had success to the body in spots. 
and catching him going back, catching Haney going back. He should have done more of that because that's one of the places you can catch Haney. He'll pull back sometimes, and you can sometimes go with him and, you know, time him. Again, timing. Uh, so as far as for the people out there, the purists that wanted that breakdown, that's, and if your man was Diaz, that's what your man came up short in that in those areas. Um, and at, at the end of the day, as I started this, the Styles were always going to favor, because Styles make fights, they were always going to favor and talent and determination and will, but the style was always going to favor Haney. Let's talk about um, Tank Davis now with um, Isaac Cruz. Um, I thought that I, I was quite frankly surprised at the toughness that Cruz had. Like, again, I didn't know much about him. I expected Tank to, like, knock him right out. Oh, I got to say one more thing. I'm sorry. Sure. Go ahead. Diaz had one trick, guys, <laughs> that made it interesting, and that's why he buzzed. That's why he buzzed Haney with the left hand from the southpaw position. Where he, he, Pacquiao used to be good at this, where he slips over to his right. So he gets your eyes to think something's coming from there. Boom. And then he throws the left hand at the right time as he slips to his right. That allowed him to buzz to catch Haney clean. And that's what allowed him to get him into that little bit of a distress if you will yep so let's let's talk um tank davis and uh cruz like i said i expected i expected tank to destroy this guy uh for better or worse right or wrong it's just what i've come to expect from the opponents they get from it was a last minute replacement they pick his opponents perfectly he beat him only 115-113, I think, on all three judges' scorecards, if I'm not mistaken. I apologize for not knowing because there were so many fights, and uh, I think that's what it was. Nevertheless, man, Tank Davis brings out the celebrities. Magic Johnson, Paul Pierce, the great Celtics, Kevin Garnett. I mean, he had the friggin' whole community there. I mean, he the people show up for Tank Davis you know they go to baseball games for to, for teams that have home run hitters that's it he they stay you know going, they, they, they're gonna go they're gonna go before they're gonna go to see a, a one hit pitch game and that's beautiful too to see a guy good enough to disarm a batter with his change up and his <clears throat> with his hitting corners but at the end of the day you give him a team that's gonna put the ball over the fence that's where they're going and Davis is that team. He's going to put the ball, or he has a chance to put the ball over the fence. Yeah, and he was throwing big shots, but, I mean, credit to Cruz. My God, he had a great defense. He uh, looked like Tank hurt his, uh, I think, his left hand somewhere during the fight, probably. I saw you tweeted it out, which made me recognize that he maybe caught him on the elbows or caught him on the head, but hurt his hand, and it was definitely affected Tank. Uh, he couldn't close the show. He got the 15-13 decision, but I was really impressed with Cruz. But I thought that Tank, had he not been hurt, might have been able to get him out of there. But it was just interesting to me to the point of what we're talking about, about the guys, the best guys fighting each other. Floyd's calling out, like telling him, telling the reporter before the interview, like, oh, we want to, this could be a good rematch. Yeah, of course it would. You already beat the guy and Tank's like the kind of guy who probably gets him out of there the next time. Like, no one wants that. But the thing is, he keeps selling out crowd, selling out arenas, and but but, and but wait, wait a minute, Ken, Ken, you're a hundred percent, hundred percent, Ken. But 
You could say the same thing for all the other guys. I know, I know. I'm not picking on Tank. The same. No, I mean, uh, let's not just put Tank in that. I in, agree. Into that. It's all of the other guys that have the same situation where they're getting their pickings. They're getting their pickings. They 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 always got the advantage. They always got they they're involved in optical illusions. The different. Where, the only again, the only, only difference well, is Tank was never losing that fight because of the styles of the fight. The only difference with Tank and those other guys is Tank is getting $75 pay-per-views. I can't believe I'm paying 75 bucks for that fight on a Sunday night. I like to see what the numbers are because, I, I listen, he brings the people into the arena 100%. because of what I just said. But I want to see what the pay-per-view numbers are on that one. That's, that's, well, the that's, good news, bad news them. is we'll never see them. You'll never see those well, numbers. Well, I'm going to try to see them because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got... The detectives Yeah, are I it. got some guys in the industry that uh, do get privy to those numbers. Those, you know, the real ones. The real ones. Not, does not, Steven, Steven Espinosa still send you those every week? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know why, but No. <laughs> Something happened. I don't know. I don't know. And I didn't get my Christmas card yet. But, you know, you talk about a perfect storm of at least what seems to be, seems to be the wrong decisions for an executive to put on a fight with Tank Davis, whatever, with a guy that nobody heard of before the other night. Nobody heard. No one. As you said, he was a last-minute replacement, but no, with one loss and one draw, I think. But nobody knew about the guy. <laughs> and so, A, you put on that, and you're asking $75. Then you put it on Sunday night when people have to get up for work the next day at after 11 o'clock at night. So that's another supposed to be a no-no. Supposed to be. And then you put it up against the NFL. <laughs> the NFL. It's, sometimes that stands for not for long for your job <laughs> if you go up against them yep. uh, in boxing. So so he puts it on Sunday night, people getting up for work, against a guy you never heard of, $75 pay-per-view, not free TV, and against the NFL football. So And no, and no undercard. Zero. And no undercard. So I... I tell you, I'll be, I'll be. Maybe I should be really extra fair. And I always try to be fair. I'll be maybe impressed by him, or by Davis. I don't know who, but by maybe Espinosa. If if those numbers turn out to be really good, because they're not supposed to be good with what I just mentioned. You know, they're not so. Just like you're not supposed to buy swampland. Remember that. Kind. <laughs> Remember that. You're not supposed to buy bridges. Remember that, Ken. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I I will be, I will be, I'd be a little shocked and maybe impressed that he that somehow he understood that he could still get numbers, and and you know, um, and, and not lose his job um, for going on a Sunday against NFL football at eleven o'clock at night uh, against a guy you never heard of. I, I really, I tell you, I don't know what's going to come first. I'm going to get those numbers or I'm going to get a Christmas card from him. I'm, I'm going to wait on both of them. Uh, do me a favor. Don't hold your breath. I like having you around. <laughs> but having said all that, it was, again, very similar to Haney Diaz. It was a good fight, but there was only one guy winning that fight.
Before you go, one one thing I wanted to add about Haney, and, I, and I'm sorry, but did you find it, and I know you did because we talked about it, interesting that the promoter walked out the A side of the fight. Like, well, I, t- I, tweet, I tweeted it, tweeted it though, Ken. Yes, that's right. Ken, that's right. Ken, if you... <laughs> I mean, really? You don't. I mean, you don't. You, you're not used to seeing the referees uh, have a have a debrief with the co- with the one the coaches of one of the teams in the Super Bowl for 15 minutes before the game starts, or having a cup of coffee, and then they escort the team out onto the field. Like, let's no, get them, Patriots. Let's go. No, I mean when, like, I tweeted out that when you saw when you saw the, you kind of know who the house fighter is, I think, uh, and who the protected fighter or whatever way you want to call it but the guy who they want to win. I think you kind of know it when you see the promoter <laughs> walking out with him. I mean, how would you feel if you're sitting in a courtroom, Ken, in a, in a trial, you know, in a case that maybe you're suing somebody, they're suing you, you're suing them, and you see the guy that you're suing and that he's suing you, you see him walk into the courtroom with his arms around the jury. <laughs> you know, you know what, Ken? You might not feel good about the verdict. You might want to you know? settle. <laughs> yeah, you, you might want to go for your checkbook right there. Like, say, honey, honey, hun, did you bring the checkbook? Um, because I think we need to write a check out, like right now. But or you start handing your watch and your wallet to your wife because you know that you're uh, not going home. Yeah, I mean, when you when you see that. Uh, it's 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 pretty. It's a bad look. I don't know. I don't know why these these promoters want to like be in this like rah rah where the fighter type mentality. Like, dude, just sit ringside and promote the fight. You don't need to be all up in the corner. Like, I, it just drives me crazy. Promote the fight, but you don't have to like escort and show favoritism to one fighter or another. Put on a good event. They'll keep coming back to you. I guarantee you. Again, if you if you didn't understand the boxing. And and you saw that, you'd say, oh, this is what Teddy means. This is what they mean when a guy's the house fighter. You know, the guy is uh, expected to win. Getting back to the fight, where the style was perfect for Davis. You know, because other than that, he was so tucked up. I mean, Cruz was so well tucked up. He was like a turtle. Like like the turtle... uh, the head only comes out to take little pecks of food, and then it goes back into the shell. That's what he was like, and it's not a surprise. I actually thought, Ken, around the fifth, sixth round of watching what I was watching, I actually thought to myself, there's a good chance he's going to hurt his hands here, Davis, because he's going to hit the elbow, and he was hitting the elbow. He's going to hit the top of the head. He was hitting the top of the head, and also places of bone where obviously you're more prone to hurting your hand. So there was no shock when when he did hurt his hand there. But also, here's a little bit of an illusion too. You see a guy that only goes in one direction, no doubt about it. Cruz going forward, and he's aggressive. So you say, okay, wow, this is going to be a bonfire, and David's going to have a chance to maybe stop him if one way or the other but the optical illusion is this he's very cautiously aggressive he's not just aggressive in a way that we think of when we're talking about a fighter who's aggressive 
you know, smoke control Frazier. That's aggressive, you know. But he's he's very calculating aggressive. He and I'm not knocking him. I'm praising him. That's why he didn't get knocked out. He never got for all the punches. He never got caught really clean. You know, he he was it was always deflected by something, an arm, a glove, something. Because not only was he tucked up well, Cruz, but he would only open up at the right times, which is to his credit. To his credit, he didn't want to go get knocked out. Yeah, he was coming forward, but cautiously, very carefully, where he come forward, but he wouldn't open up at times where he felt that if I open up now, the guy will punch with me. Uh, I'll be, he, he only picked his spots to open up at the right times when the guy was backing up, when he wasn't set to punch, when he got in close. The right times. And so it wasn't this house on fire sort of aggressive fighter that maybe you get led into believing it is when the commentators are saying the guy's coming forward. Yeah, he is. And he's aggressive. Yeah, he is. But he's also aggressive, again, in a very contemplative fashion, a, a very careful fashion. And that's one of the reasons why he didn't get caught, if he, uh, get knocked out. If he was, and, and his heart, look, his heart, his, his defensive posture kept him in the fight, Cruz. And the fact that Davis, the way you're going to stop a guy like him or really hurt a guy like him and catch a guy clean like him, you got to punch when he's punching. Because if you don't punch when he's punching, he's the turtle. You got to catch the turtle when he comes out of his shell. That's the only way you hurt a guy like that. And Davis wasn't quite able to, to do that. Um, kind of like what Diaz had to do with Haney. Same thing. You got to catch him. You got to punch with him, basically, if you're really going to hurt a guy like that. And um, I thought... The interesting thing also in that fight was when his hand was hurt in the 12th round, 11th round, 12th round, and you could see that he was only using the right, you know, he was only using one hand, Davis. Um, the interesting thing about that was he was only using his jab now, and he won the last round using his jab. A couple things. That would be the time for the turtle to come out of his shell. Where his corner could say, okay, you've done a great job. Now let's try to win this thing. Let's not just have a good effort because at the end of the day, they had a good effort and their stock went up. There were two winners. Davis won, Cruz won because his stock went up. Uh, nobody knew him before that. And I'll tell you something else that's very interesting. More people might be prone to fight Davis that weren't before, thinking now they could beat him because of that effort, looking at it the way they want to look at it, that they're more likely to fight him. But what happened was when you get to a point where, yeah, he lost by two points, but you have an opportunity to make up your mind. Am I going to go the distance or am I going to win? I thought the one thing... A 
little bit against, I don't know if it's the corner, if it's Cruz himself, I don't know. And I don't want to knock a guy who, who just did himself wonders. And he did. And I'm giving him credit for it. <laughs> his stock went up. But he could have made a decision there and his corner. They're the ones who are scouting it. You know, they're, they're supposed to be giving him information. Direct him. Kind of like a caddy in golf. Okay, you got to use the three wood. What do you mean? No. Why am I going to use that? That's a little. Yeah, but this is the time to take the risk and hit the three wood. Yeah, it's a chance we could go off the green. But if we're going to win, this is our chance to win and to make up two two holes and uh, two, you know, whatever they call that stuff in, in golf with the score. This is a chance to make ground and we got to go for the three wood. And. That's kind of, I wanted the corner to tell him to go for the tree wood. To, you know, to say, okay, now's the time to come out of the shell and let all hell go. Because he's only got one hand. And, you know, for the most part. And the other thing was, all night I was thinking, I, I see what Davis is doing. He's pot-shotting him, he's looking for the big shot, and he, you know, and he's winning the fight. And he's loading up on big shots. And he's getting away with it. Part of the reason was the other guy, Cruz, wasn't using his jab. He was pressing without a jab. If he was using the jab, it would have been more difficult for Davis to have fought that way. He would have had to worry about bugs on the windshield. He would have been distracted. He would have been bothered by the jab. And he couldn't just sit in the pocket and look for big shots. The jab would have chased him out of the pocket. <laughs> so I thought, but I thought Davis, he got away with not using his jab. But I still thought he should have used the jab more. And at the end, it own, it emphasized that point more to me. It, because when he started using the jab, you saw the difference. And if he used that jab more earlier in the fight to set up the power shots, it would have it would have served him well. It would have served him well. But he had to be forced to use it only when the other hand was hurt, you know, uh, which is, you know, is why he used the jab finally. But he, I thought he should have used it earlier. It would have helped him. But he won the fight. Uh, the other guy, as I said, he won too because now he's known. Now he's going to get a payday. I'm happy for him. That's beautiful. Uh, it seems he, he looked like a little kid, you know. He, he looks like a little kid cruising there. So I was very, very happy for him. Uh, you know, and Davis, the flaws in Davis, you know, another thing that made me laugh a little bit was the commentator said, well, tonight he showed he's more than a puncher. Well, if you've been listening to this show, Ken, you knew that a long time ago because even in the Barrios fight, I said, hey, anyone who thinks Davis is just a puncher, they don't know what they don't know. They, you know, they really don't. He's a really good boxer. He's got the skills of a boxer. He's a terrific counterpuncher. He's a complete package fighter. He's not just a walk-in, seek-and-destroy guy. And so, so to hear them saying, oh, now we know he can box. No, I, I don't know. Maybe you got to listen over here a little more because we, we always understood that he knew how to box uh, and that he had the full package of skills and technique. So he, the one flaw with Davis, or everyone's got a flaw, 
but he'll pull back. He'll pull his head back or he'll step away from a guy with his hands down. And those were the opportunities for Cruz to catch him safely, to step with him. Like Joe Frazier stepped with Ali in their first fight. Step with him with a left hook and catch him pulling out. Catch him pulling back. Those were the things that Cruz could have done a little more, a little more body punching, a little more work on the inside, a little more jab, probably a lot more jab coming forward. But again, a good serviceable fight. Be interesting to see what they decide to do next with Tank, man. I'd love to see him in there with someone, one of these other big names, maybe Ryan Garcia or something. I mean, if he wants to go up to 140, I don't think they do. Ryan Garcia is losing a little of his. Listen, we had the kid on our show twice. I like the kid. He's a nice kid, but something changed after he beat Campbell. I don't know what it is, Ken. I'm not I'm not in any way um, pretending to know everything. I mean... Uh, 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 even close to that. But I know human nature. I have to, to be in this business, not just X's and O's. You have to know how people react to pressure, to gaining notoriety. That's pressure, right? Uh, gaining success, that's pressure. You have to know that in my business if you're going to be around as a trainer and be of any use to a fighter and have success. And something changed. Something changed. I know he's been uh, inactive, and that you know he, he he sat out for different reasons, and uh, you know to, had to take off. All right, those things happen. They happen, but just something seemed to change. Uh, and and it's not like I haven't seen it before. You've seen it uh, as a just just uh, just as a a fan that. Some people get successful, all of a sudden they change a little bit, you know? And um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. He was a terrific, I'm not saying he's still not, a terrific smart kid with a family and everything. And really, really, a kid that you it was enjoyable to see him, talk to him. But I don't, it's like, what's going on with him? I mean, it's like that question comes to your head. Yep. You know, like he's take, taking himself out of the, He's taking himself a little bit out of play, yep. a little bit out of the mix where his name, you almost have to be reminded, Ken, to put his name in there where you don't have to be reminded with Davis or with Lopez. Well, Lopez now the situation, you know, Camposa Lopez, uh, Haney. Shakur you don't Stevenson, have be, they're there, they're busy. Yeah, yeah you know, there it is. Well, he's, I, we know he had it. We know he, he, he told us he took time off for a uh, mental health break. He was dealing with some mental yeah, health issues. I understand. And, then, and then he had a surgery on, I think, his hand. So oh, yes, well, yes. maybe he's just getting back, but he's been relatively quiet, relatively speaking on for him on social media it just felt like something before the physical stuff like the hand whatever it just felt and then we talk about it which is something that we just pray that he's okay and he is okay i'm sure but with the mental health when you hear that you just but again it's something changed just something changed and um i'll be anxious to see him get back yeah but i won't be anxious I won't be anxious. Uh, everyone deserves a measured opponent. Is that a nice way of saying it? Yes. A pick measurable opponent that makes sense when you come back. But I don't want to see him in there with a ridiculous opponent either. No. You know, because he's still a talented kid. I want to see him in there with somebody that's going to at least make a break of sweat. Yep. Uh, you know, 
Yep, couldn't agree couldn't agree more. Well, speaking of uh the soft touch you're describing, one place where you'll never get the soft touch is in the UFC per usual. Main event, Jose Aldo, the old veteran, looked every bit the uh contender that we expect him to be in his quest for another title shot. He put it on my man Rob Font, New England's own part of the New England mafia up there of um young up-and-coming fighters out of Boston. And uh, Jose Aldo got basically unanimous decision, swept all the rounds. I think one judge gave Rob Font a single round. But, a lot uh, of heart, that Font. A lot of heart. Yeah. Yep, a lot of heart. But that's the prerequisite, as we've described before with the UFC. You have to have that just to even get your foot in the door. Once you have that, okay, now let's see what kind of technical uh, action. But some guys, have. some guys, even with that heart, can... There's a differentiation here. There's a there's a little bit of a Mendoza line, well, for me at least, where some guys get to where they're, they're not trying to win no more. Yeah. They still got plenty of heart. Yep. But they're, they're basically in the survival mode. Font never showed that. He was still trying to win. Yeah. Still trying to win. Whole time, yeah. But he was in there with a special guy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was just in too deep, and um, Jose Aldo showed why he's a legend of the sport. My God, he looked good. He uh, put it on Font all night, busted him up pretty good, and uh, like I said, I think he swept every round except one for one judge. The other two had it 50-45. Um, what'd you like in that one? What'd you see? First thing, I want to ask, where do I get this water that... Aldo and Pacquiao <laughs> are drinking from. Where do I get it? I, I, I'll, I'll take a. Uh, <laughs> even if it's expensive, I'll get a loan from my brother and friend Ken, and and I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Okay, he'll fly me down there in his private jet, and I'll buy it because I want to know what they're sipping from. Because these old guys that are supposed to be gone and done, they're not gone and done now. That's why Aldo's special. That's why he's a legend, former champion. I mean, he showed it. And you know what it's called? Some of it's called experience. He showed the display of using his... We always hear it. It, it becomes almost a cliche, Ken. Ah, oh, the guy's using his experience. Well, what the fix that mean? Watch Aldo. Watch Aldo. And you know exactly what it means. He had a guy who was longer... I mean, Font was longer, and you had to deal with that length. And maybe a little faster, but Aldo was quicker. His movements didn't waste anything, nothing. They were quick. Bop, bop. Just, just quick and precise. And he was calm enough because of his experience to see the whole playing field, to see what Tom Brady sees when he looks at the defense, everything. <laughs> And not everyone could do that, to be calm in an uncalm environment. That, that's a key. And that's experience. He used that experience. And the one last thing, and this was the whole fight, Ken. What do I always say can negate length, can negate speed? Timing. 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 And Aldo turned that fight around in the first round where he's losing the whole round until about four minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> you know, remember Yogi Berra? It ain't over till it's over. <laughs> it's not. Four minutes and 50 seconds, Ken, and then all of a sudden, what does Aldo do? Timing, quickness, calm. He blinds Font with a jab, bang, 
right hand, right down the pipe, right down the highway, and drops him. And <laughs> it comes close to maybe finishing him, but the clock ran out. So, and that set the, the tone, the theme for the rest of the night. And again, timing. Every time that Font had an advantage on the outside trying to box, all of a sudden the right hand would go over the jab, take the jab away. Timing. Timing. Experience. And so ingenious, so smart. To, again, cerebralness. These guys are tough, but this. the top ones are tough and really smart. It makes them tougher. The Where he looked like his gas tank. It looked like the... The gauge on the gas tank was going a little towards E in the fifth round, Ken. You see that? Yep. You know, it looked like it was going with, with, with Aldo. You know, he's older. He's, you know, I mean, he's got a lot of miles on the odometer. I know they were close in age, but Font don't have the miles that Aldo has. And the gas gauge was going towards E. So he's got to find a gas station. Got to find a gas station, Ken. How do you find a gas station in a cage? Well, if you're out, though, you know how? You go to the mat where you could kill time. What a genius move. What an experienced move. What a champion move. He goes to the mat to find the gas station, to be able to slow the pace down, rest a little bit, not giving an advantage to the other guy because he's so well-rounded, so dimensional, so good, so complete. Um, I guess you got the idea that I like him a lot. <laughs> I guess I guess that came across. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's put himself right back in the mix there for the bantamweight title. Oh, the one thing I want to add in the commentators who are great in UFC always, um, the ones in the post fight, not the live fight. I heard them say that. The difference in the fight was power. Okay, I get it. I get it. You know, the power of Aldo where he could drop him and he could hurt him and take control of the fight. But I would differ with the more, maybe the word's not different. Maybe it's just define it. Maybe define it a little bit more where I would call it that it wasn't so much the power like he's a Mike Tyson puncher where one punch can turn it around even though it did change it. It did change it. So I understand saying power, but for me, with Aldo, it was more the timing where he could catch a guy that clean, where the guy don't see the punch. Because when you catch a guy that clean, right on the button, and they don't see it, your power is going to be magnified. It's going to be enhanced, and it's going to make you look like well, it's going to make you look like Mike Tyson puncher, even if you're not quite a Mike Tyson puncher. But it's going to make you look that way because you're landing clean and you're landing with punches the guy don't see and it gives more effect, more bang for the dollar, more power in that way, in that way. Yep. Well, listen, Teddy, before we move on, I wanted to talk to you about Fight Camp. I know they got you the um, equipment and they got it set up in the house. I'm assuming you've been down there uh, putting the work in on the new uh, on the new bag. And for those that don't know, Fight Camp is a great gift for the holidays. The whole family can use it. Fight Camp brings the best workout in the world into your home and it makes it fun. Learn to box and kickbox from home with access to world-class programs 
programming, elite trainers, premium equipment, and smart technology that turns your workout into an interactive experience. They've got thousands of classes. They've got everything from 20 minutes to two hours, full body workouts. You get the full package. You get Fight Camp comes with all the gear you need from gloves, freestanding punching bag, wraps for your hands, uh, smart punch trackers, and it takes less space than you think. If you have enough room to do a push-up, you have enough room for the fight camp. Like I said, it's great for the whole family. Go to joinfightcamp.com slash atlas, A-T-L-A-S, to get an additional pair of boxing gloves for free and save over $200. Go to joinfightcamp.com slash atlas. Again, joinfightcamp.com slash atlas. Lots of supply chain issues out there, not with Fight Camp. They got stuff in stock ready to go. Teddy, how you been enjoying it? Now, you know the thing about it, I've been enjoying it a lot, but what I appreciate about it the most, you have a trainer. You actually, you, you hit the bag, you can be the guy that's a CEO in a company, a teacher, you know, a, a guy that does labor work, a guy that, that just takes care of his kids, a guy that, uh, but he needs to work out and he needs to feel good and he needs to know that he's doing it right. Well, fight camp, <laughs> fight camp, because guess what? I'm retired, baby. I'm retired. I ain't. I ain't coming over your house to watch you. Hit the bed, <laughs> you know? I, I don't. I don't think so. And I don't know. Uh, there's plenty of good guys out there, so maybe you find someone else. That's but, not going to stop uh, people from sending me DMs uh, with videos yeah. of themselves hitting the bag to pass along to you. You know all those videos I send you every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- those that pile over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gonna get to it um yeah but again that's the thing the magnificence of that it really is that's that's the that's what makes that something that i will recommend i won't recommend anything unless i believe in it unless i think it's got uh something to it uh, a merit to it a worth to it and it does it does for that simple reason you have a coach accountability yeah accountability that you're not just slapping the crap out of the bag that you're hitting it properly the way it should be hit uh where you're getting the most out of it so it's a good it's a good product and i'll I'll end it with this guys please exercise like your life depends on it because it does what you do with your body is how you it, it dictates the length and duration of your life it's a it's 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 a i mean take care of yourself please It's the only thing that you have full control over in your life is your fitness, your mental and physical health. The mental one's harder to take charge of at times, but your physical health is at your discretion. Exercise like your life depends on it because it does. You can affect your own mortality rate by exercising. There isn't a drug in the world that can do for you what exercising can do for you. Anyway, Fight Camp. Join fightcamp.com. Teddy, speaking of health, let's talk about, uh, I hate to keep coming back to Portiafimo Lopez, but he just won't leave it alone. He's now, his doctor came out and he's in the news uh, last week talking about he's lucky to be alive. He had some respiratory problem. You notice that story's died down a little bit, hasn't it? Yep. It hasn't really taken on a life. Nope. It, It came out, boom. But it's died down. It's uh, you don't hear about. But go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. No, that that's it. He's just in the news. His doctor said he's lucky he didn't die in the fight. I mean, 
looking at his face after the fight, I'd say, yeah, I guess he is pretty lucky. But apparently he had some respiratory illness. Uh, I don't know exactly what it was. Some of these things, you just kind of tune them out. If you're that sick, don't don't take the fight. But, you know, after the fact, it's easy to, you know, say, oh, I shouldn't have taken the fight because of X, Y, Z. But you did. You took the fight. And it's, I mean, sometimes you just, some things are just better, better left unsaid. Just move it along. Pick up the pieces. Regroup enough with the stories about this this was wrong and that was wrong we it's unfortunate but if you if you if, if you think you have an ailment that's going to impact the fight don't take the fight either that or take the fight and go to your grave with your excuses because it ain't, it ain't going to change anything you're not going to win the court of public opinion with these stories regardless of what they are um just curious what your thoughts were there listen it's more complicated in a way that Obviously, you want to believe the legitimacy of it, but you don't know what to believe and how much of it to believe. You want to believe it. I come from a background, my father was a doctor, and doctors took an oath. Uh, and They're going to tell the truth. They're going to look out for your well-being. And it's, you know, it's kind of like putting your hand on a Bible before you testify. Uh, you're bound by that oath to look out for somebody and to to tell things that are obviously accurate within the realm of what you know to be accurate. So you don't want to go and, from, especially for me, you don't want to discount or in any way, uh, you hate to question the reliability of a doctor is what I'm trying to say. But there are doctors that are better than others, that are more competent, but still the basis, the crux of it, the, you know, just the, fundamentals of a doctor being a doctor he tells you you're sick you want to say okay i'm i'm, I'm sick all right now what um but there are different like fighters there's different levels of doctors and I, I, the first thing you in, in this world we live in you think okay doctor says it i respect it then when you get a little further down the road with it you start saying especially when it's something that serious you start saying well all right, who's the doctor? Where does he come from? Is there an affiliation with the camp, with the fighter? Oh, you know, they. I mean, we're suspicious as people, and you don't want to be suspicious with a doctor. But at the same time, we are human. We we are alive, as you're talking about, and that means our senses are there. And, and you're wondering a little bit. You're just saying, okay, um, why was he in the ring then? You brought up a beautiful point. Can't get more simple, but it can't get more accurate and important. And uh, you know, to just to the point, yeah. Why you okay? Why are you in the ring? What all right? Uh, things happen, but so that's the first thing. Okay, so something was. But when you make a statement that he could have died, that's a that's a tough. That's a big statement, and and then all of a sudden you don't hear much about it again. All right, thank God he's okay. That's the first thing. Thank God he's okay. Thank God he's okay. But um, how do you unravel this thing? You know, really, maybe you don't. You just move on, like you said. But, uh, and listen, we cover everything with a microscope, right? Name of the show, microscope. So, uh, is it, I hate to even say this, but we say things others don't say. Uh, is it an excuse a little bit? I mean, you know, is it along the lines? Again, it's a doctor telling you, so you don't want to think that. You really don't. But is it along the lines of, like, you know, the father, the things he was saying after the fight, 
you know, that he won 10 out of 12 rounds and that, that they were booing the decision when they weren't booing the decision. The hometown fans of Lopez in New York were actually booing his words when he said he won 10 rounds. They were booing him. They were being honest, even though they're hometown fans. They were being honest people. I mean, you know, and then Lopez's father saying, he's the only guy who could sell out, a, sell out the garden. Well, it wasn't a garden. It was the theater. It's a little smaller. A little smaller, maybe 5,000 compared to 22,000 or whatever whatever the capacities are, but something along those lines. And um, guess what, um, Mr. Lopez? Uh, there are other fighters selling out arenas. <laughs> Look at the Tank Davis fight last night. That was a sold-out arena. That was a big crowd, you know? You think people aren't coming out anymore, he said, because this is unbelievable. He sold out because of COVID. Nobody sold have you watched a football game recently <laughs> and, <laughs> and seen a hundred thousand college kids? I mean, uh, watch and, the friggin' Michigan. Watch the Michigan game at the end of Ohio State. One hundred eleven thousand people all stormed the field on top of each other. Biggest oh my football. god! I think oh it was god. one of the biggest crowds ever. Mr. Lopez, you got to get out more. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, and, you got to get out. And by, and by the way, Mr. Lopez, you realize you're fighting in the theater attached to Madison Square Garden. It's basically oh, yeah, like you know, you sold out. Uh, one area of a gigantic stadium like you didn't sell out madison yeah. square garden the theater is a far cry it's like in the old days it's like the old days when they put you in a big theater but they knew it wasn't going to be a sellout so they they pulled the curtain across the theater half the stadium's the cut stadium, off exactly and you had half yeah you had half so it didn't look like you were in an empty place that's not madison so, square garden brother come on no it's not so again with the microscope we we do put it on the slide eventually so uh, at the end of the day, what did, what happened in the ring? Cambosa I, I, I won. And here's the thing. Maybe this is the most important part of it, Ken. With all of that and the respect I have for doctors, everything. And that, but you still have to ask questions. Never at one moment. You tell me if, I'm, if you agree or don't agree. But, uh, because I really want to hear from you. But at the end of the night, I never saw one moment that Lopez looked under distress or looked distressed to me, like he was in trouble because of something cardiovascular-wise, lung-wise, chest-wise, breathing-wise. I, I, I know that he's asthmatic, but we have a lot of great, great, great athletes that are asthmatic. They know how to deal with it. They deal. And I know he was breathing an inhaler after the fight, so I'm on it. I'm on it. It's not like I'm skipping stuff. I get it, but during the fight, when whether it was early or late, at the end of the 12 rounds, I never saw him under duress. Uh, as I said, I never saw him distressed that I, I was like, oh my God, the, the, something looks wrong. Uh, did you see anything like that, Ken? I didn't see anything to suggest that he looked under duress or out of shape or, or had lacked fitness whatsoever. So... Those are the things that have to, you know, that old saying, sometimes it does come to the eye test a little bit, a little. It doesn't mean something underneath can't be going on. I understand that. But having said all that, the person talking to you right now is a person that was actually in a situation a little bit similar where in 1994, when I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to have uh, 
a fighter named Michael Moore fighting a great, great, great warrior named Evander Holyfield outdoors at Caesars Palace in Vegas. And we were fortunate enough to win the heavyweight title because Michael Moore wanted to be heavyweight champ. He wanted to be heavyweight champ that night, and he did it and became the first Southpaw heavyweight champ at that time of all time. And I think he became the first light heavyweight to become a heavyweight champ. I'm not sure. But anyway, he wins the title. Afterwards, unbeknownst to us, shocking to us, just like this, very similar, Ken, reports came out that a doctor had said that uh, that Holyfield's camp uh, said that a doctor, a doctor had said, uh, very similar to this, that Holyfield had filled up, don't hold me to exactly, but basically had fluids around his lungs and he was basically having what was comparable to a heart attack during a fight. We were like, what? What? And it didn't feel good because just like Cam Bosa's probably didn't feel good to hear, it's like it's taken away from what you did. But, I mean, is it possible? But then that story went away and there was no, obviously there was no heart attack or anything you know, close to that. And being true to the honest, honest, special man that Holyfield is, he comes to my foundation fundraiser dinner a couple of weeks ago, just like you people did, you and Rob, my two friends, my two brothers, and you guys supported us to raise money to help people. Well, Evander Holyfield did too. He flew in to do that. That's part of what makes him a class act and makes him so special. He's a champion in the ring, champion outside the ring. And he was talking to one of the people involved with my foundation, very involved, one of the attorneys that does everything for us pro bono, just like my daughter does, and um, just very important to us. And he was involved in getting uh, Evander and also Kathy Duva, who's uh, also terrific and special. So... He, and he brought it up. He just brought that up. Something from what? 27 years? Whatever it's been. 26 years. He brought it up to him. Evander said there was, yeah, there was nothing wrong. You know, not that he wasn't part of what brought this story out. But he just said, yeah, I was fine. It was, you know, whatever reason that came out, whatever. But we went for physicals. And, you know, obviously I'm, I was fine. Uh, because, again, he's that kind of man. To, to just say what what you ask him, someone's going to give you the honest answer. So, because just like he was going to fight an honest fight. Uh, so, again, I've been there. I've been there. And there's no way of explaining it. As quick as that story came, it went away. And God forbid it could have been true. God forbid. Nobody wants to see somebody hurt in a ring from something like that or from anything that is suddenly would happen where you wouldn't expect it to happen. But that's that's it. That's uh, We needed to cover it. It's there. It's a news story. It's out there. And But it seems to be, uh, it seems to be vanishing, too. Yep. Well, um, speaking of in the news, Tyron Woodley hit the lottery uh, today or yesterday. Tommy Fury pulls out of the fight with Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley, who's been training all along, makes you think, did he know something was up? Uh, he's the last-minute opponent for Jake Paul on December 18th, basically a week from this coming Saturday. 
Uh, not sure what, what Tommy Fury's uh, ailment was, but they said he's pulled out with an illness. Obviously, Jake Paul didn't have the nicest things to say about uh, Tommy Fury at this announcement. Um, I'm, I'm surprised because, you know, if, if there is a legitimate illness and look, <laughs> training to be a professional fighter is a dangerous occupation. Uh, getting punched in the face is can lead to injuries. So who knows if he had a real injury? All I would say is typically when you have a real injury, you're like, hey, here's my real injury. Here's my arm in a cast broken. Here's my nose busted in half, you know, but not just, hey, yeah, guys, I'm out. I'm sick. And maybe he has posted that he's his the rationale or the, or the illness, but I haven't seen it yet. And uh, Tyron Woodley getting another crack at the title, at least the title of, uh, you know, top YouTuber or whatever they're, whatever they're calling it. But he's uh, Jake Paul's giving him a half a million dollar bonus if he can knock him out. Um meaning Tyron knock Jake Paul out. So that'll be an interesting fight on December 18th. I'm actually looking forward to seeing In other words, if Woodley can land the right hand because he's going to score a knockout, the one thing Woodley, Woodley, of course, professional fighter, former champion, uh, terrific human being from everything I could see at yeah. least. Um, and, and, you know, a real fighter, but not a boxer. But if, if he was to pull a knockout, it would be with the right hand, yep. not with the left hand because he punches good with the right hand. But finish up. Yeah, well, that's it. I guess he's been in camp and he's going to get another shot at Jake Paul. And uh, quite honestly, I'm here for it. I'm looking forward to it. I find these I find these fights. I wasn't a big fan initially, but I'm starting to get more into these novelty fights and I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Um, what do you think? You know, the funny thing is, the first thing I got to say is that I thought Fury had a good chance to win only because I like Paul. I told you that. I respect that he, he respects the sport and he's done everything to, you know, he's taken advantage of an opportunity to make money. Hey, that's America, right? That's yep. the American way. What's wrong? What the fuck's wrong with that? Okay, you haters out there. What's wrong with that? Is he destroying the boxing sport? No, boxing is still boxing. It's a separate, two separate things here that we're talking about. This is entertainment. This is different. Uh, but he is getting in there. He's risking himself. He's fighting. He's picking his opponents well. Mayweather picked his opponents well. I know Mayweather is one of the great fighters. I know. But still, you didn't knock him for being smart and making money and picking opponents. Did you? Did you? No. So I don't know that you should knock uh, Paul either. And again, he's respecting my sport, our sport, uh, the sport. He's respect. He, he's training right. He's he got a trainer to teach him. <laughs> Give him. He's doing it the right way. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind when you tell me about the rematch, uh, does does that mean that if Woodley wins, he gets to remove the tattoo of Paul? <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but that would... Uh, well, that, I want to know about that. Ken, yeah. these are the details I want to know. <laughs> I'm assuming... We're not talking about standard boxing, right? Yeah. The entertainment's part of it. This part. I want to know, does he... I want to know, did he ever get the tattoo? Did he ever get the tattoo? Let me shut my fax machine off. Uh, just ahead. so you know, this is Teddy Atlas, the caveman, coming to you with Ken right out, my partner, <laughs> Rob Moore, my producer. I am the caveman. Um, uh, I do have a fax machine. I'm going to shut it off. He did get a tattoo on his middle finger. Uh, I believe it says, I love Jake Paul, and I would imagine that, um, <laughs> that does he Does he would... get to remove it, or, or does he get to... Put up the middle finger. What does he get <laughs> I, I think both. to do? <laughs> uh, okay. So then he, he would probably want to keep the tattoo on until he did that. So, and the other thing is, that's if he wins. 
Now, if he loses, what does he have to do? Does he have to put a tattoo of Jake's brother up and say, <laughs> I love the Woodley brothers? Uh, uh, the Jim, the, 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 uh, what is, the, the Paul the brothers? brothers? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, does he have to? I, uh, those are things that I want to know. Uh, those are little extra things I want to know. No. And and does does he say, does he put a tattoo maybe with it that also says that uh, I, you know, I love, I like MMA, but I love YouTubing more. <laughs> I mean, I want to know, Ken. Is this stuff, is this contractual? Yeah. Is this in small print, I, large print? I think they're finalizing everything, I would imagine, today, since I think it was just announced last night that Fury was out. But um, I will tell you that my friend Jesse Itzler was down in Puerto Rico and bumped into some uh, of Jake Paul's people, and he he went and saw them spar. Now, look, Jesse's not a uh, boxing analyst, but he said that when he was there that he was in there with sparring. They watched them spar, and he said he he, he was with me at the Paul Woodley fight with um, with. Dustin so he's a fight fan and he said look the guys who he who Jake Paul was sparring with I don't know how good they were he said but they were landing shots and they were putting it on him pretty good so Jake Paul's clearly in there with guys that are better than him he said that the guys you know it was aggressive he said I was actually well, I give him a cry like yeah. I said there's a reason why point, I say what yeah. I say he's doing it the yeah. right way he's I, really I, training I, yeah he's respecting the sport and he's trying to do it the right way and he is doing the right way so all seriousness now if he's going to have it, first of all, he got a little older. He's not getting younger, Woodley. He's, what, 40s, right? Is he in? In that context, in? I think. Let me check. So while you're checking, I'll just go on. So he's older guy that's obviously was past his prime in the in the UFC. He, he had lost, you know, most of his last fights. <laughs> and uh, But he's a former champion. He's a good right-hand puncher. 39 years old. All right, 39. So he's not getting younger. I don't know how prepared he's going to be for this fight because he's taking it on quick notice i don't know i don't know but what i do know is if there's going to be a different result and i'm going to make it real to the point and simple he has to be busier he has to move his hands more he doesn't move his hands enough and he hasn't in his last few fights in the ufc and definitely didn't against paul in the first fight he didn't move his hands enough to win the fight uh, unless he lands that big right hand. But even to land the right hand, you got to move the left hand to set it up. You got to move your hands. The, you know, the more you throw, yeah, the more vulnerable you are, but the more likely you are of landing something. If you don't throw, well, you're less likely to land. That's something you have to land. And I'll finish it with this. If he's in shape, he could be, a, he could be, a little better this time. Why, Teddy? Why? I hear you. Because he realized from his first effort in the boxing ring, not in the cage, in the boxing ring, a new realm, a new neighborhood for him, he realized that he didn't throw enough. And maybe he realized he was too respectful, too careful, too cautious, whatever you want to call it that this time he'll be a little less cautious, a little less respectful in that way, and he'll realize I have to commit to moving my hands more. And if that comes across from the loss, that he benefited from the loss, and then in the rematch, 
he has a chance, a chance to get a different outcome. That's my breakdown for that fight right now. Yeah, interesting. I'm actually looking forward to it. But from the novelty fights to deadly serious fight, UFC lightweight title fight, our man Dustin Poirier's got one more... To you to to use your quote one more mountain to climb for the ultimate view. He's in there tough with Charles Oliveira this Saturday night from Vegas. Oh, I'm nervous just even thinking about it. Um, what are you looking for there, and what uh, what's Dustin have to do to get the win here? That's that's a really interesting matchup um, because they're I think it's like looking in a mirror sometimes. These guys are very similar. They're both tremendous on the mat. I mean, uh, Oliveira has the most submissions in the history of the UFC. I believe it's like 14 of them, something like that. And it's not by accident. It's because he's a brilliant jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert. And Dustin's damn good on the, on the mat because he's a terrific wrestler and also has an advanced black belt in jiu-jitsu too. But that... If, that Edge would have to go to, I would say, would have to go to Oliveira a little bit. Although Dustin, again, handles himself very well on the floor, on the mat. And maybe even a little better with the grappling and the wrestling. So very close there. And then striking very close with Dustin, in my estimation, maybe a little edge. But very close. Uh, Both guys good finishes. I think Dustin's maybe the best finisher right now. In the UFC, when he gets you hurt, he, he's Joe Lewis. He gets you out of there. He's Jack Dempsey. He gets you out of there. He's Mike Tyson. He gets you out of there. Those are great finishes. Uh, Oliveira looked like a damn good finisher against Chandler. And he's a good finisher. And he's, Oliveira has great instincts. I talk about the great Crawford, my number one pick, pound for pound. I, I like him a lot. Um Great instincts. You know, he makes things up as he does it if he has to, to win. I saw the capacity of doing that, the ability to do that with Oliveira when he beat Chandler. He gets dropped, he gets hurt, he's on the floor on the mat, Ken. And what's he do? Instinctively, he keeps moving his head. And he made Chandler miss like five punches. That would have probably took him out. Probably would have ended the fight. And it would be Chandler now fighting Poirier (laughs) instead of him. So... He's got those instincts. He's got, they got it, the intangibles. They have all that stuff. I think the X factor, I think the X factor, it's something you touched on too, but I, I had been thinking about this. Um, and something you touched on that you, you sent me a text about it, but, and I agree with you. It's the mental part. For me, listen, you've heard me talk, you've always heard me say 75% of my business, this business, fighting business, is mental. How strong are you mentally? How developed are you mentally? Do you have the capacity to go into a dark room that you've never been in before and find the light switch? Do you? Do you? You don't just get that. That gets developed. You find that. Poirier, I think, found that along the way in the tough fights that he was in when he found out the most important thing I think he found out in the wins over McGregor was that that he could depend on himself, he could trust himself, he could rely on himself in those dark rooms. That's so invaluable. Oh my God. Ken, that's so invaluable. 
you can't put a you can't put a number on it how important it is. You really can't to quantify it properly. And I think Oliveira has found the same thing with winning the title, surviving the Chandler fight, and then winning. I think he's found out too that he can go in a dark room and he can put a light on when it lo- when other people can't. So that is very, very, very close. And that's where I look to make my pick. And as close as it is, I give an edge in that area. I give it an edge in that area to Poirier, as you do. But I give an edge for my reason because I think he might have the incentive. They both have great motivation incentive. But the incentive to continue to put that light on in that dark room, they both have it. I think maybe Poirier does a little more because of that quote that you just quoted me that I had sent to Poirier. One more hill to climb for a lifetime view. Where he he won he won the 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 what do you call it title um, interim the interim. But this is for the this is for the big ball of wax. This is for the big baby, the world title, and he doesn't want to leave till he's a world champ. And I don't think he's going to leave that ring without putting a light on in a room that says world champion in that room. I, I, I don't think I, I don't think he'll leave to now the other guy Oliveira, great, tremendous, but he's gotten that already. He already put that light on. He already did that. It makes a little difference, and that's all I'm looking for in a fight like this to make a pick, just a little, little, little edge. And I find that edge to Poirier. And the other thing is, both guys similar in striking where they don't waste anything. They're always balanced. They're always in position when they throw their punches. And all those things. But I see something I found looking at their records today that Rob was good enough to send to me. You know, he's, he's our man. We're a good team. We are. And we help each other. And he sent me the records, and I'm looking at the records. I'm looking for something that jumps out to me. I don't know what it is until I look. And then all of a sudden, there it is. It jumps out to me. One, and you've talked about this, Ken. One of the great strengths, and there's a lot of them, of Poirier, is he's damn good at the guillotine. <laughs> he's good at the guillotine. He, he's, he's obviously confident with it. He's well-versed at it. He knows he can guillotine a guy, submit a guy, get a guy out if you give him that chance. He came close to doing it to maybe the greatest of all time, Khabib. Yep. Close. I know close don't count except horseshoes and hand grenades. I get it. But uh, he was doing it with a special guy. And then I look at it, and there it is. Oliveira has been submitted twice with the guillotine. As soon as I saw that, I said, oh, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. So with all of that said, I think it's going to be a great fight. Uh, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. I think it's going to be as much as fireworks are going to be there, as I just described, and danger. I think that there's going to be a little bit of chess because these guys are so similar. So similar and so good at what they freaking do. 
So, at the end of the day, I'm going with our buddy, with our friend, Poirier, to get what he's been looking to get for a long time, a world title and a view for eternity. Yeah, the line on that fight right now is almost even. I got minus... My, uh, Dustin, slight favorite, minus 165. Charles Oliveira, plus 135. Um, with the over-under, one and a half rounds, plus 150 to go under one and a half, minus 180, over one and a half. So, hey, looks like that they, they think there's a chance this thing ends quickly with that line. I would have thought it would have been much heavier towards the over. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that Dustin has a mental edge on on Charles, not a knock against Charles. I just think he's in there with one of the mentally toughest guys in the sport. So, man, I hope he, I hope Dustin wins. I hate to root against anyone, but Dustin's our friend, and uh, we'll definitely be supporting him here. So good luck, Dustin. Let's go. Um, go get him. Go get him, buddy. Yeah, for and, sure. And when you say mentally toughest, there's certain names that come to mind. They just come to mind. Volkanowski, guy oh, yeah. that we had on yep, our yep, yep. I mean, uh, how could he not come to mind? How could he not come to mind? <laughs> yep. I mean, how could he not come to mind? <laughs> the guy's crazy. I mean, uh, crazy in a way, uh, you know, that you love him. You love him. And Max Holloway. Because he could teach one. us. Yep. He could teach us all. He could teach us all to be crazy <laughs> in, a, in that kind of way. Yep. To, to, to never give up. To never give up. To never give up. Yeah. But um, Max Holloway, oh, 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 but uh, oh, but there's there's a few of them. Yeah. There's a few of them. Well, listen, Teddy, we covered a lot here. We're gonna have a big week next week. There, everyone's in action. Lomachenko's fighting. Dustin's fighting. I feel like there's a bunch of others that I'm not even that I can't remember. But there's a lot of action coming up. We've got an awesome sprint into the end of the year here, with a few weeks of really good action. So, looking forward to covering it all. Uh, appreciate you doing this today. Appreciate all the fans for being here with us. Please support the sponsors. Check out Fight Camp. Check out Athletic Greens, uh, all of them. We're, we're lucky to have these guys with us, and uh, we're lucky to have the fans. Appreciate everyone for being being with us, tuning us, tuning in this week. Please leave some comments, review the show, whatever you like. We appreciate everything, Teddy. And the last thing, yes, the last thing before I sign off, we sign off um, again. I started the show with it. I'll end the show with it. Rob, good luck in the wedding. Congratulations. The two of you make uh, a great couple and uh, have a great wedding and a hundred years of happiness. That's it. Thanks, guys. Be back next week.